Welcome to Cherry Beckard's Private Client Service Podcast, where we discuss tax, accounting, and business matters impacting your business and personal growth goals to help guide you forward to achieve your financial objectives. I'm Molly Gilroy, a tax senior associate with Cherry Beckard, and with me today are John Yer and Greg Marks, who are both partners with Cherry Beckard's tax services team. Thank you for joining us today as we take a look at Charitable Remainder Trusts, or CRTs, and Charitable Lead Trusts, or CLTs. As a quick overview, a charitable remainder trust is an irrevocable trust that pays an annuity or unit trust amount to a non-charitable beneficiary or beneficiaries for a set term or the life of the non-charitable beneficiary. At the end of the term or upon death of the non-charitable beneficiary, the CRT pays the remainder to a charity. On the flip side, a charitable lead trust is an irrevocable trust that pays an annuity or unit trust amount to a charity for a set term, and then the remainder interest either reverts back to the donor or is paid to a non-charitable beneficiary. Now we will go into some discussion on the benefits of CRTs and CLTs. John and Greg, a lot of our clients use these charitable trusts for the income tax benefits. Can you go into some of the income tax implications of using a CRT or CLT? Sure, Molly. Um, So I'll be covering a little bit more on the charitable lead trust side. And from an income tax perspective, one thing to note and and one thing that differs when compared to a charitable remainder trust is that lead trusts are not tax exempt. They can be structured either as grantor or non-grantor trusts, and we'll get into those implications in in just a moment. Uh, But because it's not tax exempt, um, one thing to note is the ability to minimize tax on the sale of those low basis appreciated assets that really doesn't exist for for lead trusts, as you might see with with remainder trusts. Now, in either case, um, the donor is going to be able to remove that asset and any of the future appreciation from his or her estate, uh, and then receive that that upfront um, the charitable deduction piece. So, I mentioned before, uh, from an income tax standpoint, these can be structured as as either grantor or non-grantor trusts. Uh, for those choosing to go down the grantor trust route. Uh, the the lead trusts provide for an upfront charitable deduction against your income tax. Now, on the other side of that coin is the fact that if it is structured as a grantor trust, that grantor does have to pick up the income and pay the tax on it during that initial term. On the other hand, um, with non-grantor charitable lead trusts, the grantor does not receive that upfront charitable income tax deduction, but uh, of course, he or she is not taxed on the income of the trust as well. The trust in that instance with a, in the non-grantor situation would pay the tax on the income and claim its own charitable deduction for the amounts that it, that it pays out to the charities. Um, in these situations, the income tax deduction is limited to 30% of your AGI, even when you're gifting cash, um, and, and certain situations might even call for a 20% limitation. As we've seen uh, with your typical charitable deductions at the individual level, Anything unused in in that initial year can be carried forward for the next five years. Thanks, Greg. Um, This is John, and as Molly mentioned, I'll be talking about charitable remainder trusts, uh, while Greg kind of highlights the charitable lead trust like he just did. For an income tax uh, implications on a charitable remainder trust, it's kind of the opposite of what Greg just mentioned. Uh, Charitable remainder trust are tax exempt uh, entities, um, but there's an exception for unrelated business taxable income, uh, UBTI, typically not that common. Um, <clears throat> and 
so so because they're tax exempt that means that when the if there's stock sales or something inside the trust the grantor does not have any uh tax ramifications there's no tax impact on on him or her um since crts are similar to uh a charity or, or maybe perhaps a, a private foundation some of the same provisions uh apply to crts and that includes prohibiting self-dealing um uh, you know or investing in in uh you know, jeopardizing investments and some other things. So there are there are restrictions on CRTs that you don't have on other types of trusts. It's more similar to a a private foundation, and there are draconian penalties if you if you violate those rules. It's almost a kiss of death. So you do have to be careful. Um, the charitable contribution deduction uh, is taken for income tax purposes in the, in the year that the, the that the trust is funded, um, and that is typically equal to the fair market value of the property less the fair market value of the annuity or what's called a unit trust amount um, as we're not going to get into that today but there are uh, unit trust and annuity uh, split interests uh, that are associated both with lead trust and with uh, uh, remainder trusts that we could do a whole podcast just on the difference between those two so we won't touch on those as much today um, but uh, they're treated for in this instance about the same thanks john so um, what are some additional estate tax implications on lead trusts and remainder trusts? Thanks, Molly. So um, so we, we talked about the, the grantor versus non-grantor charitable lead trusts. Then there's also um, inter vivos charitable lead trusts. Those are that are created during, uh, you know, during lifetime by a living person and testamentary charitable lead trusts. And so those testamentary charitable lead trusts, those will receive an estate tax deduction, uh, you know, but unfortunately, they wouldn't re- they wouldn't be in a position to receive an income tax deduction. Generally speaking, uh, because the the because of the taxation of a grantor lead trust, it's most often used more on the income planning side than the estate planning side. But uh, in a low interest rate environment that we saw maybe a couple of years back, to the extent your assets can can appreciate faster than this uh, seventy five twenty faster than this interest rate uh, that the IRS. Uh, speaks through and 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 issues um more assets are going to be able to pass to your heirs at the end of that that term of the trust um at at a lower cost you know at a, at a lower amount eating into your your lifetime exemption amount for estates and gift trusts yeah um somewhat similar there are estate tax uh, implications for a crt as well um the one here is if the if the non-charitable beneficiary who will be receiving these payments over this term, that term again can be up to 20 years or for life, but typically we see a term of years. Um, that 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 amount that is being gifted to the non-charitable beneficiary is a taxable gift, and that's typically equal to the fair market value of that annuity or unit trust amount uh, gifted to to the recipient. Uh, so you will have to file a gift tax return most likely. Um, well, well, you will. Um, the estate tax, if you, if you do this on a, uh, as a deduction for estate tax purposes, um, the calculation is the same. It's a fair market value of the property less the annuity amount or unit trust amount. Um, and the way that these are drafted, if you do a unit trust uh, type of, of CRT, you can actually uh, allow additional contributions. So if you think that you may want to 
you know, put in more over the years, and you may want to leave that option open where uh, an, the annuity type of a, of a CRT pro is, is always prohibited. So one thing to think of is you, if you're setting up this type of trust, um, uh, but uh, otherwise you just have a, a gift tax uh, filing in the year of the, of the funding. Great. And so, Greg, I, I heard you mention it a little bit with the interest rates, but we know that certain types of trusts can make more sense in a growth market versus a recession. In what environment is each trust the most beneficial? So, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about the interest rate environment um, because, it, you know, that, that's certainly been changing quite a bit over the last six months or, or a year. And so uh, the charitable lead trust that I've been talking about, those are actually more advantageous, again, in those low interest rate environments. Um, since the the lead or, or charitable income interest is given a higher value when the uh, the 7520 rate that that uh, IRS interest rate is lower. And so to the extent that those assets, um, as I mentioned before, can grow faster than that interest rate, that 7520 rate, um, more assets will will be passed on to the the beneficiaries of the you know the non-charitable beneficiaries of the lead trust and uh, and result in a lower a lower gift tax cost. Um, I mean, there are some other situations, you know, that where a charitable lead trust might make sense. Uh, if you're looking to um, maybe retain long-term uh, benefit of the assets um, and you don't want to necessarily relinquish control right now, but you do want that upfront deduction, a charitable lead trust might make sense. Um, and, and so it is a, a balancing act of immediate upfront deductions cash flow control um, and something that that is, has a bit of nuance and, and is individualized to, to each person's situation there. Yeah, yeah, great point, Greg. Um, and for, for charitable lead trust, or remainder trust for that matter, uh, often we'll have clients that will come and talk to us about ways to mitigate or reduce their income tax liability. Um, I've had a few clients that have said, hey, what about these charitable trusts? Can I set these up? And as we've gone through more of the conversation, it turns out they're not very philanthropic. They don't really want to give that much to charity. And if that's your scenario, um, a charitable trust is just not a, a good option for you because you are going to be giving it a significant amount to charity either way. Uh, so these, again, are for the philanthropic minded uh, owners or grantors who, you know, they have income tax. Uh, benefits that they're seeking, uh, potentially estate tax benefits they're seeking, uh, but they also want to be philanthropic and give to, you know, uh, one or more charities. So something to keep in mind there. As Greg mentioned, with a lead trust, we've had clients who maybe they have uh, stock in a, in a, uh, a closely held entity. They want to keep that stock inside the family, um, but they also want the charitable deduction. Um, and so you can put that in the trust it will pay out over X number of years, and then it'll eventually come back into the family. With a remainder trust, obviously that's not the case. The, the, that asset eventually ends up with the charity. So a much different scenario where you, when you use this type of trust. Um, typically, this is used if you have a, an, an asset that's appreciated quite a bit. Um, again, you have the charitable interests. You want to, to gift some to charity, but maybe you don't want to uh gift the entire amount and maybe you don't want to sell it right now because then you would be liable for that gain so if you put it in a crt and you have the the trust sell the asset the trust doesn't pay any income tax on on that amount 
Um, so so you, you escape that, you're still able to give to charity down the road when that uh, trust terminates. And in the meantime, you have a revenue stream for yourself or for your children or whoever you want to name as the uh, non-charitable beneficiary. Uh, and so it's, it, that's a really nice option for some of our older clients who maybe have, you know, stock that's appreciated a lot. Um, you know, hopefully still there's some out there that have appreciated from their, from their original basis, uh, less common now maybe, uh, but still out there. Now we had a client who had, you know, back in the early nine or, or mid to late nineties, um, bought a lot of Apple stock. And of course it was, it was low back then. And he set up several of these trusts where he has uh, sold the, the stock inside the trust, uh, not had to experience the, the game, but still had the revenue uh, coming off of that trust for him until eventually they'll terminate and go to it to the charity of his choice. So a um, lot of options, um, some some nice tools to have as you consider both your philanthropic interests and your income and estate planning uh, uh, opportunities. So. Uh, again, um, if you're not meeting with a CPA or some advisor that has uh, more of a sophisticated, well-rounded, holistic approach to to how to help you, uh, if, you know, you'd want to have someone like that in your corner because there are a lot of options available. Well, thank you both so much. So I think in conclusion, we can just say that if you're a charitably inclined individual, both uh, charitable remainder trust, sorry, and charitable lead trust can be great options for your tax planning based on your specific situation. And thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at cbh.com. Please join us again for our next podcast.